Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by a teaching pastor, Ian Simpkins, as we continue our series, Dangerous Prayers. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us at the Yellow Box on Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you feeling? My name is Ian. I am thrilled that you are here. Why don't we uh, pray together before we dive in? Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the gift of another day of community, of friends, of family, of breath in our lungs, God. We know that every moment is a gift, and we're grateful, God. I pray that in these coming minutes, uh, God, that you would be present in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, and help us, God, to pray dangerous prayers that lead us to a deeper relationship with you. We thank you. And we love you and pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. How many of you have heard of the, the, the term FOMO before? Anyone? Yeah. Okay. So it stands for fear of missing out. Some of us have a severe case of FOMO, maybe even right now. It's essentially the fear that you're not where the action is. And you may not know this, but they actually created a movie about FOMO and it's terrifying. Take a look. Yeah, I've been hearing about lots of crazy things happening tonight. Things you don't forget. Things people be talking about for weeks. Ah! Dana, what is it? It's nobody. Everyone must be hanging out somewhere else. Guess you're... Missing out! Hi, I'm looking for Holly. Holly's not been here since about an hour ago when she left to go to the movies. That's impossible. We were supposed to go together. These people, they're having so much fun without me. What am I supposed to do about this, Juno? Juno! Come on. Come on! No! 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 Hey, Dana, it's Mike. Everyone's hanging out. Where are you? Best night ever. A goose got into the bar. <laughs> wait! Wait! Go to Bonnaroo! I want to go to Bonnaroo! Please! Dana, if you still want to hang, we're all going to be at the... Where is everybody hanging out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck unseeing that one. Uh... Now, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that social media has increased in a lot of us probably the existence of FOMO. And I, I got to admit, a lot of times when I'm scrolling through Facebook, sometimes my FOMO will kick in as well. In fact, when the Cubs were in the World Series, uh, I saw a picture of some people that I thought were my friends. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> no more. But if we're really honest, though, I think a lot of us have felt this nagging sense that we might be missing out. Maybe not just on an event or a party, but in our lives in general, we long for something more. We feel like the life we're living isn't the one we should be living or could be living. Maybe this morning you can relate to that. You feel like perhaps there's got to be something more. And to be honest, I I think coming on Sunday can sometimes contribute to this, right? We show videos of people who've experienced incredible 
life change. We tell stories about people whose worlds are turned upside down for the better. We read scripture and we hear of characters like Daniel who would rather face death than turn his back on God. We hear of people who walked with Jesus, saw miracles firsthand, and then turned the world upside down. It makes us pause and ask, is there something more to this life? Am I missing out? Have you ever felt that way before? Maybe you're feeling that way even right now. Well, in this series, we want to challenge one another to pray dangerous prayers, prayers that invite God to work in our lives and lead us to a deeper relationship with him, prayers that invite God to do something new in our relationship with him, something we call celebrate, prayers that challenge us to connect more deeply with one another in our church community, and they also stretch us to contribute to the world in ways that help others find their way back to God. But here's the truth, though. If we don't want to miss out on the life God has for us, it's going to take some risk. Perhaps you didn't expect to hear that message this morning, but it's true. These dangerous prayers will challenge us to grow, to change, and to move forward in our faith. So the dangerous prayer that we want to unpack a bit today actually comes from King David it's a prayer he prayed in Psalm 139, and the prayer is simply this. It's two words, search me. Let me hear you say, search me. search me. So that's not typically something that we often pray, right? Like we think of more like a cop searching a car or a house, but that's not often something we pray. Scholars have long called this prayer the prayer of examine, and it's a beautiful prayer. But I think the reason that we avoid prayers like this is because our lives are just busy, right? Like we're, we got schedules and events. We're going at 100 miles a minute. We don't often take time to stop, be still, and reflect long enough to ask God to search us. Socrates famously said this. He said, the unexamined life is not worth living. So I believe that through this prayer that God actually wants to lead us to a better way of living, a better life entirely. So why don't we, why don't we read this prayer together now? It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's the prayer. When we pray the prayer, God, search me, we're inviting God to put our hearts, our minds, in fact, our very lives under his microscope. Search me is not only a vulnerable prayer, but it's a valuable prayer because it reveals truths to us that we may not have previously known. I think a lot of times we come to church to learn stats and data and facts about other people, but rarely do we say, God, show me something new in me. So let's unpack this a little bit. The first part of this prayer, search me, O God, and know my heart. As David prays this prayer, he discovers something beautiful. Read this. Next slide. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days you ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So what did David discover when he prayed this prayer, search me? 
he discovered that he was actually already known. When David created space to pray this dangerous prayer, he discovered something beautiful that he was already more fully known than he could possibly dream or imagine. He was known, loved, and treasured by God. Maybe you need to be reminded of that this morning. Maybe you need to hear that for a first time this morning. Did you know that? Every seat in this room, no matter where you're hiding out, even up in the nosebleeds, you are known, you are loved, and you are treasured by the God of the universe. Isn't that kind of mind-blowing? This truth, for me, changes everything. Okay, so, so quick show of hands. How many of you have played the game uh, hide-and-seek at some point in your life? <laughs> okay, hopefully... Most of us. Have you ever seen a three-year-old play this game? It's hysterical, right? It goes something like this. They could be in a big open room and they sort of stand against the ledge like this and what do they do? (laughs) You can't see me, right? And like, you know, to our big adult brains, we think that's ridiculous, right? You're, You're right there. But that child, that three-year-old believes with all their heart that until they take their hands away, they're totally unseen and unknown by everyone else in the room. Is it possible that a lot of us live our lives like that with God? We think parts of our heart are hidden. We think the things that we do or see or think about aren't known by him, but they are. David was so thrilled by this that he actually went on to write, says, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me, everything. You know when I sit or stand, when far away, you know my every thought. Every moment you know where I am. This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit and can never get away from my God. Now, most believe that David wrote this as an old man reflecting back on his life. And if you know anything about David, he's got some things to probably be ashamed of. Things that if that were our story, we'd probably rather not be seen by God. But what he found was that he was known and loved. Do you know that you are known this morning? Do you know that you are loved this morning? I think we might fear being examined by God because... We think that it will lead to guilt, but what it actually does is it creates space for us to be found. It helps us discover the truth that we are completely known. It opens our eyes to the fact that we are loved to a depth we cannot begin to dream or imagine. The second part of the prayer, Search Me, also reveals some stuff that may be harder to face. When we ask God to search us, we're asking him to open our eyes to the parts of us that don't bring him honor. The things that we have done or are doing that are toxic to ourselves or toxic to others. He continues, see if there is any offensive way in me. Now, some of you are hearing that prayer and you're thinking, uh, yeah, I don't need to be told that. I'm fully aware of the offensive ways in me. Asking God to show us the dirt in our lives, make no mistake, is a very bold prayer. Again, not likely one we're inclined to pray. I think 
Truthfully, it's our human tendency to sort of ignore sin, right? To kind of push it aside, to live in denial of what's really going on. I think the prophet Jeremiah puts it well. He actually warns us that our hearts can be so hardened that we don't recognize our own sin. Listen to what he writes here. He says, the heart is the most deceitful thing there is and desperately wicked. No one can really know how bad it is. Only the Lord knows. He searches all hearts and examines all motives. How's that for a pick-me-up this Sunday, right? Wow, thanks, Ian. Now, this word deceitful here can actually be translated fickle. Our hearts can be fickle. Isn't that fascinating? That means that our hearts will sometimes tell us we're okay when in fact we're actually not. Can anyone relate to that? When everyone close to you is saying like, bro, you are not okay. You, you need some help. But deep down you really believe, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything is okay. Our hearts are prone to tell us that we're okay when we're not. When we, when we pray to God, search me. We ask God to bring to our attention the broken parts of our lives that need healing, the fractured parts that need to change. But most of us are a little resistant to that, aren't we? I mean, I think it's understandable. It's kind of like being hesitant to go to a doctor because we're afraid they might tell us something is wrong with us. Anyone ever done that before? <laughs> I don't want to go. I'm afraid there might be something wrong with me. Well, then you should go to a doctor. I remember when I was on a family vacation with my family, we were uh, standing at sort of this rock overlook and I, I slipped and I gashed my knee like wide open, not like paper cut, like I won't get too graphic, but there was, you know, stuff. And um, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. Spider-Man was in my knee. Um, and so I'm one of seven kids, so my parents were trying to manage, you know, a whole gaggle of other people. And so I look down and it's bleeding and there's stuff sticking out of it. And I'm like, oh, mom. I hurt my knee. And she doesn't even turn around. She goes, there's band-aids in the van. I was like, awesome. So it's like 75 steps back to the top where the van is. So I'm like just hobbling up these steps. And I get to the van and I'm looking at this enormous gash on my leg and these little Batman um, band-aids. And I'm just eyeing it like, okay, what angle should I take with this? Like strategizing, like that's the move. And my mom comes up to check on me and she rounds the corner of the back of the van where I'm sitting and lets out a scream I will not soon forget. She said, what are you doing? And I said, you told me to put a Band-Aid on it. She said, we have to get you to a doctor. And I said, can't we just let it scab over? <laughs> and I think a lot of us are like that with sin. We're, we're trying to put a Band-Aid on, on something that needs stitches or maybe more. And we're saying, I'm just going to let that one, I'm going to let that one scab over. And if you're really honest with yourself, you've been saying that for a while. I'm going to deal with that addiction. I'm going to deal with that issue. I'm going to deal with that thing that God has shown me is toxic in me and toxic to others. Why don't we just put a a Batman Band-Aid over that? It'll be fine. Asking God to search me is like putting my life into the hands of a skilled surgeon. It can help us identify, diagnose, and ultimately fix the things that are busted up in our lives. Asking God to reveal my unknown or unacknowledged sin isn't easy or comfortable, but it is so worth it. I love the way Richard Foster puts it. He says, without apology and without defense, we ask to see what is truly in us. 
what is truly in us. It is for our own sake that we ask these things. It is for our good, for our healing, and for our happiness. Now we know that's true with our physical bodies, right? Like if, if an arm was broken, it actually would be worth it to go to a doctor and get that fixed. But the momentary pain, the momentary fear often leads us uh, away from actually getting it taken care of. But as God brings awareness to these things we previously didn't recognize, we have the opportunity to confess them, to turn from them, to begin to be formed in who he actually created us to be. He didn't create us to hobble around with gashes on our knees and arms and slings pretending they're not broken. That's not the life that he created us for. And so the third thing we pray in praying search me is to reveal how God is at work in our lives and in the world. The prayer continues. It says, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. David's asking God to show him what next steps to take. He's saying, search me, show me what's busted up in me, but don't let me stop there. Let's not just have a Dr. Phil powwow session. Let's not just talk it out. Show me what I need to do next. Lead me in the way everlasting. When we slow down, when we pause, when we create space to actually pray, search me, we will begin to recognize the way that God is actually guiding us to live. Quick question. How, how many of you have ever like, pulled into your driveway late at night and you realize you have no idea how you got there? Ever? Yeah, it's terrifying, isn't it? You like pull in, you turn the ignition off, and you think, how did I drive this car here? Anyone? I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit that was most of my college years. Pulling in like, I don't remember actually driving here at all. Now, what happened during that drive from point A to point B is I just kind of went on autopilot, right? I just sort of, and by the grace of God, made it there safely. But I have no recollection of how I got there at all. What we may not realize is that a lot of us are going through our lives that way. We just sort of clicked on autopilot. I wake up, I do this, I go there, I go to sleep, and I do it again. When our lives are on autopilot, it's easy for us to miss the opportunities, the ways that God is leading us and guiding us to live in the world. We, we may have missed that a coworker is seriously struggling and would have been way open to an invitation for coffee or a meal. We may have missed an opportunity to pray for our kid who was facing a really, really tough test that morning. We have missed a chance to care for a neighbor because we, we didn't slow down in our driveway long enough to notice that they just had a baby. And those are just things in our world, right? Sort of in our sphere, in our personal world. But, but what about people and places and things that are a little bit outside of our world? We, we may have missed a chance to help someone see how their comment was perpetuating a racial stereotype because it was just easier to ignore it. We may have missed an opportunity to show love to someone living on the streets because we were too distracted by our phones. We may have missed a chance to learn from someone who looks, thinks, talks, or acts differently than we do because we'd rather just spend our limited time with people like us. 
when we flip off autopilot and pray this prayer, we will be amazed at the ways that God shows that he's guiding us in our lives. Here, here are three things I want to challenge you with this week. Number one, I want to challenge you to pray this dangerous prayer. You can go back. Lord, search me so that I can know my own heart. And I want to challenge you not to just pray that today, not even just this week, not even just for this series. Pray this every day this year. Lord, search me and help me to see my own heart. God wants to answer that prayer. He wants to draw our attention to how much he loves us and cares for us. He wants to draw our attention to the things that are toxic in us. And he wants to draw our attention to the ways he is orchestrating our life to help other people find their way back to God. It's a dangerous, bold prayer, but it is worth it. Second, create space in your life to talk to and hear from God. I'm going to say this as clear as I possibly can. There is nothing this week more important than hearing from the God who created you. One word from God is worth a thousand words from anyone else. Create space in your life, not just simply to talk to, but to pause and listen, to hear back. God, what is it that you have for me? Create space, slow down and pray, search me. And then lastly, we talked about this last week. Take advantage of the 3C spiritual growth plan. This is an online tool we just developed and rolled out. This idea of allowing God to search us, it may be new for a lot of us, to be honest. But this right here is an incredible way to get started. It doesn't take long. Here's the website right here. And when you're done, you'll actually be given action steps, areas in your life that you could perhaps grow a bit in. So as we wrap up, I want to share something with you. A number of years ago, uh, 50 people over the age of 95 were asked this question. If you had to live your life over again, what would you do differently? 50 people over the age of 95 asked if you had to do the whole thing over, what would you do differently? Here are the responses. I would reflect more. I would risk more and I would do more things that would live on after I'm gone. Reflect more, risk more, and do more things that would live on after I'm gone. Those are pretty great answers, aren't they? I particularly like the first one. I would reflect more. And the reason for that, I think, is at the end of the day or the end of our life, we all want to know that we made the most of every opportunity, don't we? I mean, isn't that what we want when we think through the film of our lives? Don't we all want to look back and say, yeah, I I prayed that dangerous prayer. God showed me I did things that were uncomfortable, that were risky, and I'm so glad that I did. Personally, I I think the greatest remedy to FOMO is, is praying, search me. And praying it honestly. Praying it fervently. When we invite God into even the most hidden parts of our hearts, We're freed to become who we were always meant to be. Don't you want to become the person you were always meant to be? As we think through this new year and the resolutions that many of us perhaps have already walked away from. (laughs) We hear you. We see you. What would it look like to become the person you were always meant to be? 
Now, personally, I think this side of eternity, we're always going to have a little bit of FOMO. In fact, I think God wired us that way. Listen to how St. Augustine put it. He said, thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. We've been created to deeply long for love, for purpose, and for meaning. And far too often, those longings lead us to people and places that lead us further from God, not closer to him. It's not until we actually turn and we say to God, honestly, search me. Know my heart. Know my every anxious thought. Show me what is toxic in me and don't leave me there. Lead me. Lead me in the way to truly living. It's not until we turn to God and say, search me, that we begin to discover the path that we were always meant to live. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of your relationship that we know you and you know us. We thank you, God, that we are already intimately known and that even with all the baggage, all the things in our past that we might try to hide, even in light of all of those things, we are still loved beyond description. Thank you, God, for searching us, for showing what's busted up in us and not leaving us there but leading us into newness of life. We thank you. We love you. And we pray all these things in the beautiful, healing, powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.